0: Hello and welcome to this one good life podcast, where we slow down and explore the beauty and goodness that surrounds us every day. My name is Stephen Ingram, and I am Bryant
1: Johnson. We are uh, so glad, uh, so glad. As, I mean, every time, right? Every time, uh, excited every time. and thrilled uh, <laughs> that you all have uh, chosen to join us today. On today's episode, um, we're really going to slow down and explore the uh, the topic, the idea, the practice, kind of our our own understanding of anticipation and anxiety, um, and anxiety, uh, and, and the dance those two do together, um, yeah. in the middle of our lives.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I, <clears throat> I think, uh, I think this is an incredibly relevant topic for this time of year. Um, now if you're listening to this episode and you're listening to it in, in, uh, you know, March and going, what's so, uh, what's so anxious about March? Uh, we're, <laughs> we are recording, uh, I love St. Patty's Day. That's <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. That's a great time. Um, uh, <laughs> We're recording this on December fourteenth, so you know we're we are ten days away from uh, Christmas Eve. Um, You know we were out last night uh, driving. My my wife and I and some of our friends were going to go uh, go out and uh, go to Top Golf and have some dinner and do some things like that. And uh, you know it it wasn't rush hour time. And my wife goes, "Why are there so many stinking people out on the road?" I said, "Because it's Christmas. This is what people do. They're just out." this time of year and they're out doing. So, um, there, there's just a lot of, uh, of, of busyness, a lot of movement. And, um, and you know, like we said on today's episode, we're talking about anticipation and anxiety. And, um, I I don't know, other than having a baby, I don't know if there are many more times of, of, of your life that, that there's more anticipation than, than around the holidays. Right. I mean, there's just, there's just a lot that builds up for that.
1: Yeah, it's exactly right. This there's, um, there's a lot of buildup, and and some of it's exciting, some of it's yeah. uh, full of joy and hope and peace and happiness, um, because of of all the things that Christmas means. And then at the same time, right, um, there's tension. Yeah. There's confusion. Yep. Uh, there's a <laughs> reminders of loss or grief. Yep. Um, there is uh, the frustration of either. Um, not being prepared soon yeah. enough, yeah. or having to battle the, uh, you know, the extremely long lines uh, yeah. to purchase purchase the perfect gift, um, it's just this crazy little little dance. Um, the other day, well, uh, gosh, about a week ago, we got 15 inches of snow here, Stephen. Uh, <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> it just came down. I think I shared some pictures with you, but it came down fast and furious. It was like uh, just this chaotic day of record snowfall. Um, and about two days later, I had to I had to make a trip down uh, to Davidson, um, yep. which is just just south of us, about an hour south. Um, and one of the things I knew going out uh, is that when I got to the interstate, mm-hmm. the roads were going to be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> they were going to be perfect. They would have been plowed. They would have been cleared. Maybe there's a little runoff. Maybe still a little snow patches. Um, but getting through town was was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and as I was uh, kind of loading up in the car, there was all already this sense of anticipation of what was to come. And, and part of me was like, fine, cars all will drive. It's yep. no big deal. Um, going through the snow, going through the grit until I turned out onto the uh, kind of the main road out of our mm-hmm. neighborhood. And, uh, you know, the car made a 90 degree turn on its own uh, as I was pulling God, out, right? So, fine. like, <laughs> so that. that <laughs> Luckily, there are no other cars around. But that immediate yeah. um, change from like anticipating what the drive would be like yeah. you know, to the anxiety of things are suddenly out of control.
0: Yeah. What was was Preston with you, or were, were you by yourself?
1: No, I was, I was by myself. It was yeah. a, a work related trip. <laughs> <laughs> so the anxiety could have been
0: way more. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's um um the the title of the episode is anticipation and anxiety, but we could very well say. Uh, expectation, anticipation, and anxiety. Oh, for sure. Right? Because because that, that ties in with this as well, because um, <clears throat> a lot of our anxiety and a lot of the anticipatory anxiety that we have comes from this, this sense of expectation. Um, you know, we're, we're right here at the holiday season. And I remember uh, when, my, so my wife and I have been married for 16 years, uh, and it just keeps getting better every day. Um, but I remember when we were first married. She she listens to the podcast, right? Uh, she actually does. She says <laughs> it's weird, though. She said, she said she said you know if if it weren't you, I'd be like, wow, this is really good. But I know you. I live with you. <laughs> I just wanted you know, to
1: make sure she's uh, paying attention to, to what you yeah. just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: that's right, yeah. You know, Jesus says you can't be a prophet in your own hometown, so you can't be a podcaster in your own home, all right? So, but she, uh, 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 I remember when we, first, when we first got married, and especially after we had our first child, um, we had our first child, we'd been married for three years, and we had Mary Claire, and, uh, I remember that first Christmas, uh, and we, my wife and I were on very, in very different places that first Christmas. Um, Mary Claire was, uh, just a couple of months old, uh, at that point. And my wife had all these expectations, all these things that, that how she thought it should be, how she thought it it was going to be, and at that point in my life, truthfully, uh, I didn't like Christmas very much. I'd had some uh, hmm. uh, pretty severe childhood trauma uh, uh, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and so <clears throat> I associated Christmas and um, uh, uh, all the all the pomp and circumstance around it, all the holiday traditions, all the familiness that surrounds Christmas. I, I really resented it, to be honest with you, um, because it was, it, it brought up a lot of really bad memories, and uh, I just felt really hollow around that time of year. And so my wife, who has this family who's intact and who love each other and all these traditions, all these things, and then me, who had this kind of broken up family, Oh, and by the way, it all happened during that time of year, we had very different expectations. And then you add a, a, a little newborn baby into that, and of course that just ramps it through the roof. Sure. And I remember for the first uh, Christmas, maybe two, um, it was it was bad. Like we argued a lot um, during those first couple of Christmases uh, because she had anticipation about one thing and expectation about. And, you know, it's, it's kind of different now because I'm the I'm the one who's sort of the Christmas junkie and I'm the one who <clears throat> gets really, really excited about it now. So all that's kind of come full circle. Uh, but I say all that to highlight that, you know, uh, there's a lot of anticipation, and a lot of anxiety that's built up around this time of year. And so much of it has to do with differing expectations of what the what the holidays can be and, and what they should be. And we I think we all build up these idealized Norman Rockwell kind of visions of of the holidays, and and the truth is they're just a lot they're are a lot messier than that, um, and 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 expectation uh, and anticipation. Uh, if you're if you're not in the same ballpark, you can really get frustrated with the people around you, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and it, the thing that's interesting, especially at Christmas, is we we kind of groom. Our young people and children to have this big, huge buildup towards the the Christmas holiday. Yeah. Um, And I noticed in my own life, uh, when my sister and I were young, um, (laughs) our our grandmother on my dad's side, man, she would go uh, just out of her way. Yeah. To bring us more gifts this year than she did last yeah. year, right? Yep. <laughs> and and sometimes they were really cool, like obscure gifts we never expected. Other times they were just weird and strange. But um, there there was always this expectation built in mm-hmm. of of when Granny would arrive. Oh yeah, and what the gifts would look like, right? So um, when we are really small. We would get you know the wardrobe size U-Haul boxes. Oh yeah,
0: you've told us about this maybe before, I've
1: right? Shared the story before. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah she yeah. would fill that up with gifts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so every year, um, there would be this like overwhelming number of gifts, yeah. um, that we would receive. Um, and every year we anticipated that we, we had this built in expectation, yeah. um, of, of how big, how great, how, uh, wondrous the, the, the number mm-hmm. of gifts we would re- receive, you know? And so, um, even as an adult, uh it's it's taken a number of years, but even as an adult, especially as I was a young adult growing in twenties, you know. Yeah um and I'm really close to twenties still. Uh <laughs> <laughs> something like that. <laughs> it, yeah, I would still enter into Christmas with like, oh my gosh. Yeah uh this is gonna be awesome. Yeah. I'm gonna get all the all the things, I'm gonna get all the yep. stuff, this is gonna be great. And and at some level, uh, you know, spending uh obnoxious amounts of money yeah. um to either buy myself something or buy my wife something, mm-hmm. and um, and each time, right, it uh, it fails to live up to the same experience as when I was a child.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um,
0: well, and that's the that's the thing, right? With in an, an anticipation. Um, well, uh, I'll go back to expectation and then go go into anticipation because yeah, yeah. we um, because that's that's what that's what I heard you talk about, right? Um, we. So maybe this is, this is sort of the first tip of, of the podcast here is, um, <clears throat> if you have a significant other, get on the same page about expectation, get on the same page about what you're hoping for, <clears throat> not only with the holidays, but, but, uh, in general, especially areas that you find yourself in conflict or differing on, get on the same page about what your expectations are, um, so that you all can be moving in the same direction uh, and so that when when you are um, anticipating or expecting very different things, you can resolve that and, and at least get closer to each other before the actual event or before <clears throat> before whatever's supposed to happen happens, you can get more on the same page. And so that way you... Uh, you're, you're able to work together better. Better, You're able to find more common ground. And you're able to, um, you know, truthfully just understand one another uh, a, yeah. a lot better. Uh, I, yeah. I know when uh, I, I was um, talking with a guy yesterday, I was doing some coaching yesterday. And I was talking with this guy named Joe. And uh, he's a, uh, so Joe and I are both <clears throat> uh, sevens on the Enneagram. And one day we need to do a, an Enneagram show uh, and uh, talk <laughs> about that. <laughs> Excuse me. It'll be fun. <laughs> then my number will be recorded, steven That's and, uh, right. I'll we'll uh, never forget to go back to again. You <laughs> <then>. <laughs> but but Joe and I are both sevens on the enneagram, and uh, sevens are uh, anticipation and anxiety are, are pretty play pretty huge for the seven um, because what the seven does is the seven will always anticipate and build up whatever's coming. To a level that is unreasonable and cannot be matched. And so uh, so the idea there is, is the seven spends all their time in, in the moment thinking about the next thing, building it up, building it up, building it up. Then when they actually get to the next thing, it's a letdown because they built it up yeah. so much. So they don't savor it and enjoy that moment. And then they go ahead and look forward to the next thing build it up, build it up, get there. It's a letdown. And so it's a, it's a cyclical letdown really. Um, and for a lot of sevens, what it can do is turn into anxiety, uh, because then you start thinking about the future. Um, you're building up, but then you're also expecting disappointment. Uh, and so Joe and I were talking about that yesterday and, and what, what anticipation does for, for a seven and probably for other numbers too, is anticipation, um, it, 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 it takes you to everywhere else, but here it carries, uh, it, it carries the potential to be everywhere else, but where you are in that moment. Um, and, and I, I, I know that's really easy for me to do. Uh, uh I was sitting there with my kids the other day, uh, and my wife and we were having tea time. We have tea time, uh, most every day at three thirty when the kids come home from school and we were sitting there, and and uh, the whole point of tea time is to sit around and talk about our day and kind of defrag the day and, and just be together for a moment before everybody does homework and all that. And I realized that I was sitting there <clears throat> thinking about everything else but what was going on in front of me. And <clears throat> I had to stop. I had to put my feet on the ground. And, of course, my feet are usually on the ground, but I'll, I'll put my feet on the ground, and I'll push. Uh, I'll push down on the ground, and I'll really, really make myself feel the ground beneath my feet. And what that does is it is it literally grounds me uh, where I am. And when I do that, and I really push and I kind of I, I feel the ground beneath me, I feel the solid ground beneath me, then I look around, and I start looking at, at what is actually happening in that moment. Um, now, my tendency is I will look at I'll look at things that are happening in the moment from 30,000 feet, you know, when you're up in an airplane flying above landscape. You can pick out general shapes, but you don't see details. That's the way my brain works. And so what I will do then is I will look at each of my kids faces and not just their face. Cause I'll, it'll blur out. I'll, I'll, I will make myself look at their eyebrows and their eyes and their mouth and their nose and their chin. And I will really force myself to look at details. And what that does is it helps ground me in that moment. And it helps me become more fully present and, and what I realize is when I do that um, my anxiety level drops dramatically. the tension in my neck and my back drop dramatically. all of a sudden my blood pressure drops my I, I just feel better and and I'm there. Um, and, uh, so if, if, if you struggle with being in the moment, if you struggle with always looking ahead, always anticipating what's next, try that out to put your feet down, feel the ground beneath you, and then really, really start to take in the details of, 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 the world that's around you. Brian, what, what do you do in those situations?
1: Yeah. Um, mine's less detailed, but I, I don't think no less important when I'm feeling anxious or, um, uh, some tension in the moment mm-hmm. um, but uh, and, and folks can't see me because we're audio um, but I, I pause and I take a deep breath mm-hmm. um, but it's a different deep breath than like a normal deep breath like this is like a deep kind of whole body um, mm-hmm. and when when I uh, when I'm dealing with anxiety or feeling anxious in, the, in in a moment it literally like my chest rises my shoulders mm-hmm. rise I, and it physically, I have to do that to to take the deep breath, right? And then yeah. it's just a slow, intentional exhale um, yeah. until my entire body has, has relaxed. And sometimes it's two, three, four. Usually yeah. by the fifth kind of deep breath, um, my blood pressure's lower, my yeah. heart rate's lower, um, the tension that, you know, uh, the like bald fists that sometimes we experience or just the tension in, in my muscles. Mm. Um begins to release and i can feel i mean you can kind of feel that flood of um well it's it's obviously a different chemical right like maybe there's a flood of serotonin but there's there's something else happening and i can feel that move um through my limbs through my body um through my muscles
0: yeah it's incredible when you actually can feel your body changing yeah yeah and and that takes a level of intentionality and, and just being in tune with your body uh, in a way that most of us are not uh, on a day-in and day-out basis, right? You have to be really intentional to do that.
1: Well, if you think about some of the, um, the Buddhist monks, especially mm-hmm. in Tibet, um, there's been studies about uh, their ability to control their blood pressure, um, to yeah. control their temperature, um, and such, uh, and, and folks can Google this, because uh, I'm, I'm going to mess it all up, but um, <laughs> there's such focus, such internal focus, Mm-hmm. Um, that they're able to control those those things that we might think are involuntary systems um, right. within our bodies. They're able to control yeah. that um, in a way that um, gosh, a- anxiety is not something um, that is uh, bubbling up un- uncontrolled or um, mm-hmm. uh, gosh, there's got to be another uh, there's another word for that, but um, bubbling up in a way that they're not aware or yeah. able to, to refocus. Um, and change those things. And <clears throat> I'm no Tibetan monk. I, I would love to study under one at some point, but, um, I feel a similar thing that's described just by taking those deep breaths. Um, yeah. I wish I could get to it before the anxiety starts. Right. But like, yeah. um, those focused, um, you know, pausing and breathing deep, um, yeah. it, it changes, it changes me. Um, and it's quick and it's, uh it's fast if not if if i'm not aware right Mm -hmm. and i think we've talked about this before uh if i'm not aware if i'm not paying attention if the anxiety takes over um i'm just a different person i don't respond well i don't Mm -hmm. think before i speak um i'm not as like um empathetic or sympathetic or concerned about others um it's about like and it's probably fight or flight sort of stuff right it's it's about me and surviving that moment um and that's uh, that's not helpful. I mean, really, it's not helpful to anyone. Um, maybe maybe to yourself in the moment, but in the long run, uh, that that tension is going to overflow again um, unless we learn
0: how to deal with it. Yeah, I think you know neuro- neurologically, you're exactly right. I mean, we <clears throat> we move excuse me <clears throat> we move from those <laughs> outer layers of our brain into those more kind of primordial uh, center layers of our brain, the ones that were developed much, much earlier on, which is exactly what you're talking about. It's, it's survival. Uh, it's fight or flight. It's, it's the place we go to when we don't breathe well, when we don't have enough oxygen, that's where our brain focus starts to work is, is in those much older layers, uh, of our brain instead of the, um, the more evolutionarily developed layers of our brain, which are, which are farther, um, on the outside, you know, speaking, speaking about our brain, um, there's a really good article I read uh, this past week in Psychology Today. Uh, the article is called uh, Stop Anxiety by Adjusting Expectations. Um, <clears throat> it, was a, it was a really helpful article, and I thought it would be helpful for us to kind of dive into a little bit today. Um, it, it says, anxiety is caused by our own expectations more than we realize. You know, a lot of times we, and this is sort of what you were talking about a second ago, a lot of times we, um, we think that anxiety happens to us. Uh, that it's some external force that, that kind of lays itself on us and then we have to react to it. Uh, but, uh, but the truth of the matter is anxiety is, is, um, is our own invention. Um, mm-hmm. Anxiety always comes from the inside. Um, you, you can't have – somebody cannot force anxiety onto you. Anxiety is coming from your own brain. Now, it could be because of external circumstances. Sure. Yeah. But depending on how you are ready to interact with those external circumstances will depend on how much anxiety or how little anxiety that you actually have. Um, they give this example. They say, um, for example, a pothole in a road causes huge, huge anxiety if you drive right into it. But if you see it in advance, it's manageable. Anxiety is caused by the expectation of a flat road, uh, and when that fails, then we then we sort of lock that into our brain right we, we we're expecting a flat road we hit a we hit a, a, a pothole and then all of a sudden um, and this article talks about uh, basically there's a there's a little dopamine shock that hits us it locks that moment into our brain and then that and then that moment comes back it's sort of like when you know I was talking earlier about my um, uh, when I was 15. Uh, and all that <coughs> childhood trauma happened uh, between Thanksgiving and, and Christmas. During those during those moments, you know, the, the dopamine and those little electrodes were just popping uh, in my brain. And what they were doing is they were creating a signature. Uh, and that signature in my brain was being associated with Christmas, with the holidays, with family, with traditions. And what, and, 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 but, between the dopamine, the chemical kind of thing that was happening, the elect, the electrodes that were popping, it created a, um, it painted a picture in my, in my brain. When you get around, you know, the, the picture said, when you get around the holidays, uh, you need to protect yourself because the holidays equal pain, right? The holidays equal loss, the holidays equal abandonment. Um, and so you need to, you need to hole up, you need to protect yourself, you need to, you know, you need to um uh really close yourself down emotionally um so that you'll be protected um so that this won't happen to you again. And so that locked into my brain for truthfully it locked in my brain for about 13 years. Um and, and it and it took some really intentionality, a lot of intentionality to move past that. Uh, and that's what this article is talking about. It says an expectation is not a conscious thought it's a trickle of electricity into a pathway built by past associations. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's such a brilliant way to think about it. It's, it's, you've created a pathway uh, through, through that dopamine, through those electrodes, through those memories. And so when you get to that moment, expectation just takes the path of least resistance. Um, and it, it talks about how uh, sometimes our old experiences are a bad guide to our new reality. Now, the reason why it's there is I don't, I'm not going to grab a hot pan because I grabbed a hot pan one time, and it locked it in there, right? So it's an evolutionary uh, 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 function. It helps us. Nine, you know It helps us a, a great majority of the time. So it, it keeps us from re, uh, repeating mistakes over and over again, but at the same time, it can really hurt us.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Um, when we first moved into this house, uh, and, and maybe this is just another example of how this, this plays out, right? Um, yeah. I was out mowing the yard, and come around the corner of the house, and uh, you know, just could s- smell there was something dead. Um, <laughs> right, and uh, yeah. we there's a big, um, kind of two hay farms uh, beside us, so there's a lot of property. We we see a lot of wild animals, kind of run around, turkeys, deer, fox, uh, rabbits. <laughs> in fact, there's rabbit footprints uh, in the snow right now oh, um, in awesome. the backyard. But I so I come around the corner. I begin uh, smelling, uh, you know, smelling a, a dead animal, yeah. um, and uh, come around with the mower uh, up towards the corner of the deck. And around the corner of the deck was uh, a possum uh, that had died, mm-hmm. uh, made made himself warm and cozy uh, mm-hmm. up under the deck as far as he could get, right by the house, and then uh, and, and died in that place, um, and. It, it took seriously. And this is uh, you know silly um, silly kind of story, but it models the same thing you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It took about a year of mowing before I would come around that corner and I, I, I kind of <laughs> mow the same pattern every single yeah, time. Right? Totally. Um, before I would come around that corner and not have <laughs> this like jumpy feeling stirring up yep. inside me. Um, anticipating this thing uh, that when i saw the first time uh, yes. literally i jumped <laughs> yeah yeah right
0: <laughs> well it, it locked it in for you right there was a, there were you you were startled there was a smell right because you we know smell is oh. a, is the number one thing that Huge. leads us to memory yeah right yeah um you were startled there was a smell there was an experience and it you said it took about a year right yeah and and the yeah. truth of the matter is is that is a that, that is a mildly traumatic scenario, right? Yeah, it's, it's mild, it's silly, and yet still. But it took a still, year. Still, yes. Right, yeah. <laughs> so you take that and you think about uh, the, the things that we all experience, right? And that are much more traumatic, that, yeah. that really do truthfully lock in. And there's no wonder we um, we have so much anxiety. Yeah. There's yeah. There's no wonder that the holidays are so tough for so many people. Because we've had some things really, I mean, all of us have, right? Have had some things really locked into our brains. Yeah. Um, and the only way, uh, and I really like how this article talks about it, because it says we can actually overcome that. Again, it takes intentionality. But it says we can rewire our expectations by feeding our brain with a different choice of experience repeatedly. Uh, it says anyone can build a new pathway through the simple act of repeating a new behavior, and and so you know just with your with your lawnmower experience, you had to um, you had to continue mowing that same uh, that same pattern over and over again until you had experienced uh, not having a dead possum around the corner enough that your brain rewired and said, oh, there's not going to be a dead possum. That was an anomaly. Silly me! Now I can continue mowing. Yeah, now, I guarantee you, it's still there. Right? It's still there, it's... but
1: now now it causes me to laugh. That's right. right. Yeah. Now it causes me to laugh um, because I know um, I know that is a rare and maybe it's a once in a lifetime sure. uh, experience, yeah, right? Um, and those I know mentally. Yeah. Right. Like I know <laughs> in my head um, those experience experiences should not determine my day-to-day living right um and that they're they're kind of anomalies um and yet i also know that those anomalies are going to come um but i don't and i think this is what we're getting at right like i don't want those uh those anomalies those exceptions Mm -hmm. to be the thing that controls the the normal day-to-day yeah. um life that it go about and yep. um, and I think it's I think it's helpful for us to say and maybe this story is is a great uh, both yours and mine are great um great examples of the impact and the power um, mm-hmm. that that can have because um, I don't I don't want anybody to hear us say uh, the rewiring of those experiences is simple or easy no. um right like there's a there's a huge transition. Um, of moving that insight um, mm-hmm. about ourselves into our hearts. Yeah. Because um, yeah. we, gosh, we, we you know, we can know it. And there are people that uh, struggle with anxiety daily, right? Yeah. Um, and they know. They know yeah. what it's going to take. And yet, it to move it from a head to a heart yeah. piece that really yeah. causes that new uh, response or reaction or um, new action um, yeah. that it takes to rewire is um man, there's nothing easy. Um, it's a lot nothing of work. easy about that.
0: Yeah. 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 And, and and the truth of the of the matter is is that <clears throat> you, you're you're rewiring your you're creating a new pathway, but but that doesn't negate that the old pathway is still there, right? You just try to create a better pathway. I, again I think about it like water. You know, water will always take the path of least resistance. And so um trying to create a pathway in your brain through repetition, um, uh that will be a pathway of of, of 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 lesser resistance than the than the pathway that we're trying to overcome yeah right yeah um uh, you know as I think about Christmas as I think about um childhood trauma and things like that um I had to be you know, I didn't know I was doing this at the time but the thing that jolted me was I looked down at my at that pro at that point probably two-year-old daughter and I thought I want her to have the greatest Christmases ever, there right? Not these crazy expectations of presents galore and yeah. lights and you know. But I want her to have something that, at that point in my life, I had felt robbed of. So you know, realizing that I had the opportunity to, uh, to, to shape something for her and to give her the experience, my my daughter, the experience of, of having a a holiday that was special that wasn't uh, you know, uh, full of anxiety that, that, that was, um, exciting. That's what actually jolted me out of it, uh, and gave me the ability personally to, to create a new pathway. Um, and, and it wasn't that I was trying to intentionally create a new pathway for me. It was that I was trying to create a better experience for her. And I realized in that moment that, oh my gosh, my mom leaving during that time of year in a really kind of violent way, um, uh, Screwed up Christmas for me, and I was about to transfer that pain to my daughter,
1: yeah, and yeah. to
0: my family, and to my wife. And I was like, "Holy crap! I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm not leaving, but I'm 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 doing a pain transference to them." And uh, that that jolted me in some pretty significant ways.
1: Yeah, it's it's those places um, in the Old, old Testament. Um, there's uh, some passages about the sins of the father, and and yeah, and taking three generations, right. Um, yeah. to recover, uh, f- from those. And these are the places where like that scripture has so much truth, um, yeah. where, uh, things we experienced, uh, you know, with our, our parents then get passed down yeah. intentionally, unintentionally, um, yeah. because we want to protect them because we want to, uh, provide a better experience, whatever. Um, it's things like that, that, uh, that you're talking about, um, that take the real intentional work, um, to yeah, to change something, um, to change the the response of the behaviors so that, and not not just your oldest right, but all three yeah,
0: that's have right. a different yeah.
1: experience, uh, when it comes to Christmas.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right, and you know it's uh, and 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 so if you're you know if you're sitting there right now, uh, and you're <clears throat> you you've been in, uh, experiencing. Uh, anticipation and anxiety, and, and that <laughs> anticipation is leading to anxiety. And, might even be and this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we might be amping up your uh, anxiety right now. <laughs> but if you are, you know, start making those intentional choices to put yourself in a different pathway to to begin to to sort of trudge out a different um, channel for your emotions and, and your experiences to flow down one of lesser resistance than whatever seems to be creating the anxiety right now. And, and for some people who are listening, um, this might be a light bulb moment and, and they go, Oh, Holy cow. That's why I'm so unhappy sure. when this happens. That's so unhappy. That's why I'm so unhappy when I go to this place, because I've built this neural pathway that my emotions automatically funnel into uh, whenever I'm there. So, um, you know, again, awareness, intentionality, um, uh, Don't just go through life with your head down, but but think, okay, I'm feeling this, there's a reason why and now I've got to explore that. And, and then once you figure it out, once you can pinpoint it, then you can begin the, the practice of, of creating new pathways. So um, pretty pretty exciting stuff. Uh, just the fact that we have the ability um, to uh, greatly reduce anxiety. Uh, to create new experiences for ourselves, and like we were talking about a minute ago, for for the people that are around us and the people we love, so pretty exciting stuff.
1: Yeah, and and, and Stephen, this um, this week we posted another question on social media and received uh, some really great feedback, comments, questions from folks about um, really about anxiety um, from our friends on social media.
0: Yeah, each week uh, we uh, spend some time in our show sharing. Uh, you're the listening audience's ideas and questions about this week's topic. Uh, if you'd like to hear your ideas or questions on the show, please uh, interact with us on social media, uh, Facebook at This One Good Life, or you can email us uh, at info at ThisOneGoodLife.com. Uh, and so, yeah, there were there were quite a few, uh, as there always tends to be. It's it's really cool um, how many folks just jump in and interact with us and answer the questions and and really because it adds so much to the show. So. I just want to say thank y'all for, for doing that. Uh, But yeah, the question this week was, uh, I am most anxious when, and then we just left a blank, right? (laughs) Um, So when are you the most anxious? Larkin says, when I have to wait on the unknown. And I think, um, I think that's one that, that uh, gets so many of us. I I think about like, uh, uh, you know, a a month ago when I had, when I went for my first checkup in, you know, 18 years, um, I just knowing that there was blood work that I was waiting on and there was an unknown there, there was a, there was a really strong level of anxiety, uh, that was just pumping through me until I got the call from the blood work that, yeah, I I had obviously I have high blood pressure, but everything else checked out. Okay. That's right. Right. <laughs> waiting on medical tests is horrible. Yeah. Terrifying.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I think Larkin is exactly right. Waiting on the unknown. And I think at other times, um, the known is just, uh, as anxiety producing. Um, so I, have got a, a, phone call, a conversation, uh, with somebody that's going to be a little difficult and, and challenging, uh, coming up in the next um, week or two. Um, and I, I know the result of that, um, might be hurt or, or hurt feelings or, um, you know hopefully a forgiving sort of conversation um but knowing that the conversation can be tough and difficult um can also be one of those things that that produces a lot of anxiety you know right after that um jacob said i let fear and insecurity distract me um and and he didn't stop there i think for fun some folks we, we just stopped there with with that i let fear and insecurity distract me Um, but Jacob takes it away a a step further and says from, from the way of God. Um, Mm. so when, uh, you know, and, and I'm going to make some assumptions here, but, um, he's, uh, doing everything he can to live out his faith. And in those moments where the things that drive him away from that fear and insecurity, um, distract him away from that, um, produces anxiety.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, Neil, Neil says, and when Neil posted this, I was like, "Oh my gosh, yes!" Uh, he said, uh, "I am most anxious when someone schedules a meeting or a get together, and I have no idea what they want to talk about." Oh my gosh! Like, <laughs> and this is one of those neural pathways for me, right? I had, I had, I can think of three meetings um, early on in my in my career in youth ministry, where. Um, I went into him really naive. The uh, You know, uh, a person in authority said, um, I'd like to have lunch with you um, uh, on Tuesday. I want to talk to you about some things. And in my head, I was like, oh, awesome. That sounds great. I'm looking forward to going and having lunch with this person. And then I go and have lunch with a person, and oh, my gosh, they drop a 10-ton ten, ten weight on me and are like, you know, you're not doing this right. This is a problem. <laughs> you know, we might have to go in a different direction. And, like, it just... <clears throat> It blew me out of the water. And and I'll, and so that neural pathway was built where I was like, dude, if anyone says they want to have lunch with you, be very fearful because they're about to drop a 10 ton weight <laughs> on you. That's me. right. Now, 99% of the lunches I've had with people where they're just like, hey, let's go get lunch. I want, I want to talk about some things with you. 99% of those are wonderful. They sure. have something positive. They have an idea. They're excited about something. They you know they have their own problem they want to talk with me about and they want me to help them with but because I've had a few of those happen, terrified still, I have to talk myself down from a cliff every freaking <laughs> time. So scary! I hate it. Well, the next one—the next
1: one—made me laugh. Uh, Angel says when I have to think of a name for a podcast, and I—I I really, <laughs> uh, you know, as silly as uh, it sounds, I, I laughed out loud when I saw that because um, you and I, I, and and probably you even more so. Um, spent days, if not weeks, weeks on trying to yeah. come up with a, a name for this podcast, and uh, and you did most of that work, Stephen. But gosh, uh, I could not help but laugh uh, when Angel said that. It sounds like she's she's got something working on uh, that she's working on. But um, no less tension when we have to think of something right that uh, is important to yeah. us, valued to us. Um, so I, she she may have said it in jest. Uh, she may have said it seriously, but um you know the time well, it's, it takes actually to really it's actually really focus he's actually he yeah so angel. sorry angel, angel. Torres. uh <laughs> tremendous apologies angel <laughs> angel and uh, i went to college together yeah. <laughs> Good guy. My, my sincere apologies but um <laughs> those times when we have to think of something that is yeah. important and value um, can cause a lot of pressure
0: yeah no. yeah heather heather says when i'm awake Right. <laughs> and, and there is that sense sometimes. I mean, and, and hopefully, you know, hopefully there's a, there's a little bit of sarcasm and, you know, levity in that, but there are some times in our lives where, um, I can think about just a couple of years ago where, uh, every day when I woke up, it, there was just a, a, an undergirding, uh, level of anxiety, um, that was just kind of coursing through my veins, um, because of some transitions and some things that were happening and some unknowns. Yeah. Um, Uh, you know, there are going to be times in in our life where where you wake up and, and you're just anxious. Uh, Yeah. Now what you got to do is one, you can't let that become your norm. You can't let that become your baseline. And I'm afraid that's what happens with a lot of people. Yeah. Is they experience it for so long, then it becomes their norm, becomes their new baseline that they work from. And then you really start to run into some issues, right?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And then, uh, we find ourselves in those places where this is just something I have to live with. Yeah. That's Not right. right. Um, Instead
0: of reworking those kind of neural yeah, pathways.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, um, Craig's stood out for me. Uh, Craig said, I'm most anxious when I'm misunderstood. Mm. Um, and I, I, I can thoroughly relate to that. I think, uh, for myself, there's nothing more frustrating, um, than being misunderstood. Um, and that bubbles up. I mean, gosh, feel like we we've uh, I've, I've said this before that bubbles up the most in like heated discussions or arguments yeah. for me yep. um but that's when it when it really kind of stirs so uh, craig fully agree um with you from my own experience that um that's a time uh,
0: that anxiety is is stirring within yeah we we had a couple of folks um uh, taria and and um leslie who both brought their kids uh and you know i had before i had kids i had people who would who'd would say something along this line to me as you you will never know anxiety until you have a kid <laughs> uh, that you're worried about right and it's true holy cow it is so true um you know it's one thing to be worried about yourself it's a whole other thing to be worried about this this thing that you've crea- created that you have ultimate responsibility for and ultimate love for uh and when you just can't get the fever to go down yeah. uh, when when they just can't seem to get right uh, you know, <clears throat> my, my oldest daughter's 13 now. We're starting into, to enter into a, another level of those anxieties. I've had a number of parents say, look, when they hit 16 and they drive out of the driveway for the first time by themselves, it, it amps up to a whole nother level. Right? <laughs> and so, um, you know, yeah, there, there's this thing kids are this uh, double edged sword, right? They bring you the greatest joy, but they also bring you the, the greatest uh, amount of, of, of fear and anxiety. Um, sometimes and, and, and learning to control that is pretty huge too. That's Cause right. you can cripple, uh, you can cripple your children, uh, if, if, if the way you love them is through anxiety. Yeah. Um, and we see that a lot, a lot but, but yeah, it's scary. It's scary when you have kids.
1: <laughs> Go karts, man. That's what I'm going for at
0: 16. <laughs> Go karts. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we had a, we had a, one, one last one. I thought this would be a good one to kind of close with, um, uh, Katie says, uh, "I'm worried about a tough conversation I need to have with someone," yep. and I think that really, <clears throat> I think that really uh, uh, is a great example of sort of uh, again going back to the podcast topic, which is anticipation and anxiety. Yeah, um, when we have something coming up. Uh, whether it's a positive thing or a negative thing, or most of the time, truthfully, it's an unknown, right? When we're in, when we are anticipating a conversation, uh, we're generally, generally preparing for the worst, yeah. right? When, uh, when someone says, Hey, you want to grab lunch on Tuesday? I'm preparing for the worst, right? And we do that as a self-defense mechanism, uh, because we've been hurt before because we, we've had something like this go South before, but you know, it, it, it goes from being self-defense to actually crippling us because then we go into every anticipatory event with, with fear. And, you know, we, we justify in our mind, Hey, I'm just, I'm just preparing for the worst so that that way I'm ready. But you're all, if you're always preparing for the worst, then you, you're, you're just, you're going into situations, you're going into conversations and relationships and, um, uh, with one arm tied behind your back, uh, and you lose a lot of joy in that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know if there's a better word for it there. I um, almost feel like, um, you know, you said we're preparing for the worst. I almost feel like maybe maybe we're not prepared at all. Oh, yeah. Um, and if, if we did prepare, actually prepare, mm. right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Then uh, that may be another way to kind of... Um, put the brakes on the anxiety that that spins up and maybe that's a play on words. Maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, um, some folks would would probably argue that, yeah, if you're anticipating the worst and you're thinking through how bad it could be, Mm -hmm. you actually, you're, you're preparing yourself for that. Um, but I wonder if there's another way to think about it where, you know, if we actually prepared for a situation that we knew was going to be tough, um, Mm -hmm. we might not actually come out of it with, with grace. Um, Mm Um, feeling at peace with how how it went, um, and yeah. and an opportunity for redemption, um, yeah. for all parties, right? So, um, yeah, I I get it. Maybe there's another side, um, just to that word, but it's probably another conversation too.
0: <laughs> well, I think I think what we uh, I think you're spot on because <clears throat> we um, when you're always anticipating the worst, um, I think it's way easier for negativity to happen uh i think if you're always prepared for the worst scenario then um you you sort of see life through that lens right yeah yeah. um and and i don't like i don't like to see life through that lens no now sometimes it comes in handy yeah (laughs) and it's one of those self-fulfilling prophecies right like when it actually does work when when you've prepared for the worst and the worst actually happens, which is very rare, by the way, I mean it really and truly, it's very rare. But when it when it actually does, what it does is um, those neurons start popping, that dopamine stops starts flowing, and and it locks it in your head and say, "See, the worst possible case situation happened. Yeah, and uh, and you were ready for it, so you need to prepare for that every time. And so it sort of locks it into our brain, and then we become, um, you know, it's it's like gambling. Right. We're going to come full circle on this. It's like gambling because you will lose, you know, uh, if you play a hundred rounds of roulette, you will lose probably 85 of those. But the, you know, on a good day, but the, but the 10 or 15 you win, it locks in and say, Hey, I've won before. I can do it again. Right. That's how people get addicted to gambling. Yeah. It's the same kind of thought pattern create those neurological pathways. So, um, well, I mean, just so many great, uh, uh, topics. Thank y'all for, for all of those, uh, incredible comments and questions on, on social media. We, we just love engaging with you all, uh, this past week and, and we'd love to hear from you, um, this next week as well.
1: Yeah. So next week on the podcast, we're going to talk about the Christmas hangover. Um, maybe it's a good opportunity to catch up on, uh, you know, movies like Christmas vacation or home alone, <laughs> Um, that actually kind of <laughs> demonstrate uh, the tension that comes yes. out of the holidays. Um, and a uh, little piece of trivia, by the way, the ending of Christmas Vacation was actually written for the original, uh, for the first Vacation movie. Really? Um, and it didn't play well with the audiences, so they saved it. They saved it. Um, so that was originally supposed to be the guy who owned the theme park, and for the first no movie. No way. Yeah. Um, and wow. it didn't play well in the film, so they rewrote the ending. But they saved it and um, added it into Christmas Vacation and made it, uh, you know, fantastic. Um, so and it's a, and it's a classic. And It's a classic. It's a classic. I love it.
0: Um, That's one of our go-tos every year. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah.
1: Uh, and so, folks, um, just as we're preparing, uh, we'd love to hear from you on our social media feeds, especially on Facebook at This One Good Life. Or through email,
0: um, and you can send those emails to info at thisonegoodlife.com. Yep, and finally this week, we will dive into some of mine and Brian's recommendations for you all. Uh, yeah, this is a time
1: where we share some of the good stuff we are discovering in our lives um, that we hope will add beauty and goodness to yours as well. Uh, what do you have for us this week, Stephen?
0: Yeah, so I've got a couple of recommendations. I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and pose a question to you that we did not talk about beforehand, but you totally made me think about it while we, sure. were, um, while we were just talking then. <clears throat> Um, I want you to give me your top three favorite Christmas movies uh, during your recommendations. So be thinking about that. Yeah, right? perfect. Well, right. I'm while I'm doing my recommendations. I'll uh, yeah. So um, so I I've, uh, I'm I'm gonna give you three uh, recommendations today. First one has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Uh, but it is something that I've come across, and I stinking love it. And we're about to go into a holiday break for a lot of people. We're going to have some days off. And this is a great uh, show to, to binge watch on Netflix. It's called Civilizations. Uh, and it's a nine-episode series where uh, they explore uh, a variety of different civilizations uh, from history across the world, um, and which was interesting for me just in and of itself. But the way they explore these civilizations, uh, is through the art of the civilization, uh, through the art and artists and and architects and, and, uh, oh my gosh, it is so good. It's one of those documentaries that, um, gives you hope for humanity. (laughs) Uh, it helps you see a broader picture, uh, and, uh, it's one of those documentaries where I learned things. You know, a lot of times in documentaries, you see places you've seen before. Sure. You've heard things you've heard before. You see works of art that you've seen. And, and, and that's good. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good reminder. But this was one where my wife and I were sitting there watching it. And it was like, oh, my gosh, did you know that? And she's like, no, I didn't know that. Did you? No, I didn't know. And and so it was really, it was, it was really, really an exciting uh, documentary. So uh, Netflix uh, Civilizations. Second one, this is a holiday recommendation. Uh, I want you to go to Pandora immediately and look up the holiday cooking station. Okay. This is my favorite uh, Pandora uh, Christmas station no right way. now. Oh yeah. It's so good. I was listening to Hipster Christmas for a while and um, I realized I needed some more standards. Uh, they they have some standards, but I needed more Christmas standards. And so I found Holiday Cooking, Pandora Station. Uh, we keep it on nonstop now at the house. Nice. Um, it is so good. Uh, we're loving that. Uh, and then lastly, uh, the the book, uh, and I've recommended it on here before, but Brene Brown's Daring Greatly, uh, more than any other book I've ever read, that has helped me deal with my own anxiety uh, and my own anticipation. Um, and it's such a good book. And now I'm going to give you my top three uh, Christmas movies uh, of all time. Uh, and this is in no particular order. Uh, Christmas Vacation definitely love it. It's a standard. Um, uh, Chevy Chase is brilliant. It brings up all the all the things. There's so many quotable lines. Uh, and I'm <clears throat> I'm actually surprised at how many people don't know that movie as well. Yeah. Um, so if you're one of those people out there uh, and you don't know that movie as well, you need to go pull up Christmas Vacation and watch it ASAP. Uh, second one. This is a, a little bit more of it's a little more obscure in terms of the the holiday playlist. Um, I loved I love Bill Murray's Scrooge. Oh yeah, it's good. Um, from from the early 80s, I think it is such a a funny and clever retelling of, of a Christmas story uh, and I, I just love 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 watching that. Uh, and my wife and I we usually watch it together uh, late on Christmas Eve uh, after we've done all the Christmas Eve things you got to do. Uh, and then lastly, uh, for me, it, it just doesn't get better than um, It's a Wonderful Life. Um, I love that movie so much. And every stinking time, I and I cry about a lot of things, I cry so hard every time because that is the picture of humanity at its best um, at that last that last scene uh, where, where everybody comes and they say, you know what, you, you, you helped us out, you've done so much good for this community, for us. Um, you're in a time of need. We're gonna do whatever, whatever we need to to help you out. And the dirty old man gets gets his, and it's all over for him. And I really like the Saturday Night Live. Do you remember the old Saturday Night Live version of no. it with Chris Farley as a old? What's what's the old guy's name? Um, I'm drawing uh, blank. And, yeah, I am too. But the the bad guy, yeah. right? <clears throat> so go and this may be recommendation number four. Go and uh, look up the uh, Saturday Night Live version of this one good life. Basically it shows after everybody comes in they sing old Anxyne and all that. They somebody else comes in but hey old man da 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 is the one who stole the money and they're like no so they get pitchforks and they go and like attack him. It's really pretty awesome. So um, go watch that, it's, it's pretty fun. That's amazing. So, those are those those are my three. What, what 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 recommendations do you have for us, Brian? Yeah so uh,
1: I have one recommendation this week um, and it is a 1991 film with Bill Murray called What About Bob? What About Bob? Great movie. It's classic. It's, uh, you can find it on Amazon. It's the only place to find it online. Mm-hmm. A, you know, A couple dollars to rent and watch. But if you haven't seen it, um, wonderful movie. Um, and, and Bill Murray plays a character who uh, yes. he, he deals with much more than just anxiety. Um, but there's a classic scene where he's they' trying to <laughs> trying to help him uh, with his uh, anxiety of sailing, and they tie him to a mast <laughs> yes. it's so to take funny. him out on a boat. It's hilarious. Um, and, and hopefully it's as funny still. I, I haven't seen it recently, but I hope <laughs> it, I hope it holds up. Um, but if you haven't seen it, um, uh, it seems to fit today's topic. Um, and it might,
0: <laughs> well, it's got Richard Dreyfuss in it. Richard too, Dreyfuss right? as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so funny.
1: Yeah, um, I'm going to offend everybody, Stephen, because uh, "It's a Wonderful Life" is not on my movie. That's okay. Christmas movie list. It's actually not one I even enjoy. Uh, no way. I just I don't. Maybe I have a, a
0: heart of. Stone. Is it too idealistic for you?
1: It's, I don't. It's just so. Um, yeah, probably. That's probably it. Yeah. Yeah. Too kitsch, too cliche. Yeah, it's, yeah, oh, it just is. I just love it so um, much. And then, of course, you're going to hear my top three and you're going to be like, eh, well, this all makes sense. Um, so, number one, of course, C- Christmas Vacation. Yeah, so can't good. get enough. <clears throat> uh, yep. Watch it every year, multiple yep. times. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <And> there's a, <laughs> and this scene, if not any, there's all these little moments in, that are just hilarious in that movie uh-huh. um, where the grandparents first show up. And uh, their son Rusty is is meeting the grandmother at the door, and she goes, uh-huh. "I have a quarter for you," and he goes, "Oh, a whole quarter!" And she goes, "And I'll give Audrey a quarter too." <laughs>
0: like,
1: I don't. <laughs> the whole interaction there is hilarious, and I think it gets missed. But it it's that <laughs> way with that movie. Every line, every phrase, every line um, can pick up. Don't
0: push me down, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> so good.
1: It's so good. It's so good. (laughs) Um, Number two, and again, uh, really, there's one scene in it that is just striking every time, but but Home Alone. Um, Yeah. And it's the scene uh, with him at the church with the old man. Yeah. Um, And uh, the name of the song, I'm I'm drawing blanks on all kinds of things today, but the name of the song that's playing, and they're sitting in the the church, and there's just this sweet little moment and conversation that takes place. Um, uh, and that movie, that scene alone, um, yeah. really, uh, I think for me drives that movie as a Christmas movie. And then number four or number three is, uh, four Christmases. Um,
0: that's such a, yeah, I, I've actually owned that movie. Do you? It, it's a good it's one. It's so
1: good. Vince Vaughn, Reese <clears throat> Witherspoon. Um, if yeah. you've never seen it, um, they are a couple and, uh, their parents are divorced and four Christmases is, uh, you know, um, their journey to see each parent uh, in that branch of the family yeah. over Christmas. And and it starts out with them always escaping uh, visiting yep. <laughs> family over Christmas because they go to do mission work, uh, yep. which is actually just a vacation to the islands. Yep. Uh, but if you haven't seen it, it's another one that is hilarious. And the more you watch it, the funnier it gets. Um, yep. In fact, uh, you know, our little uh, eighth month, eight-month-old we have um, two bouncers mm-hmm. um, and we actually call those his jump jumps and jump jump <laughs> like the movie is a phrase from this classic scene in the in the movie for christmases so uh, those are my three uh christmas movies um and we watch them
0: uh religiously uh in, in the month of december so <laughs> so let me ask you this so uh, our, uh this is this is a pretty i mean this this could break up this whole podcast Brian so I just want to go ahead and give that yeah. preface to this question <clears throat> um, there, there have been a number of articles out recently trashing Love Actually uh, as a movie and especially as a Christmas movie where are you Brian on the Love Actually controversy in terms of it being a good movie a Christmas movie or being a horrible movie not Christmas movie yeah
1: I've seen it I enjoyed it uh, and I don't know that I'll ever watch it again
0: it was a good movie, really, but not one that draws me in every time, dude. It's one of those that I, I feel like I have to watch every Christmas, especially the end scene with the little boy, sure, and uh, he's playing the drums and the girl singing um singing the Mariah Carey song. Yeah, I, I'm just glad that dude won. Yeah, yeah. it's not he won.
1: Yeah, it, it's not a bad movie, right? Yeah, I, it's yeah. just not one. And maybe <laughs> maybe this says something, Stephen, because uh, all three that I named are uh, comedies. Yeah, the yeah, two yeah. more dramatic films uh,
0: that that you have mentioned now, I'm like, yeah, hey, yeah whatever. Um, Isn't that interesting? You like comedies at Christmas, and I like more sentimental kind of things at Christmas. Yeah. And I, except for Scrooge,
1: I'm a well, <laughs> yeah, and even that comes from a serious that's true story, right? Um, <coughs> yeah, yeah. But I do like dramatic movies. I, I don't want people to uh, you know get the wrong impression. Um, and there's some great ones. But I don't know,
0: at Christmas, uh, these these comedies just every time, every time I will laugh oh, all funny. the way through. That's such a good observation. I'm gonna have to go back and look at what, what, what are my all my favorite ones and see if they're all like more sentimental and dramatic.
1: So same question. There's a big argument about Die Hard uh, being <laughs> a Christmas movie. Uh, Christmas movie or not Christmas movie?
0: Dude, not Christmas movie. <laughs> but there's it's not. It's not. It's not a Christmas movie. I, I was with uh, Mike Crane the other day And we were having the same argument And it's not a Christmas movie Brian, what do you think?
1: I, I think the
0: Do you watch it? The only you watch time it, Christmas?
1: it stirs to watch it again Is at Christmas time That's so and, funny And because of that I would I would say it's a, a Christmas movie But it's not a Christmas movie In the sense of like The spirit of Christmas <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you mean killing a German terrorist doesn't make you think of baby Jesus? <laughs> oh
1: gosh, uh, we could, we could, and we could probably go deeper. But uh, Stephen, I, I think, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but, but I feel like
0: that just about does it for this week's show. <laughs> um, yeah, it may have been finished around ten minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, if you stuck around, uh, we are grateful that that you've chosen to join us and and stay to the end.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and as always, as we close this week, remember the words of William Yates. The world is full of magical things, patiently waiting for our senses to grow sharper. See you next week.